Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Another week, another episode of Since I Talk. Hi. Before we get into today's episode, just want to let you all know that this is a safe space for you. This is always going to be a safe space for you, okay? We love you, and we care about you, and we appreciate you, okay? Whoever you are, we love you. This week's episode is one that we had been requested to do about a specific character but we decided to do about the characters because we thought that we couldn't talk about this particular character without talking about this other character and i've been dying to talk about one of these characters so today we are going to talk about ray langston and nate i've been dying to talk about nate haskell we've talked a little bit about him in our serial killers episode we've talked about ray and nate on our episode about if seasons 9 through 15 if they were worth watching or not we think they are but it's totally up to you nate and Ray actually, oh, it's trigger warning. Trigger warning because the thing that Nate has done with his victims, his female victims, they are really triggering for some people. Maybe your stomach can handle it. And also, if you want to request us to do an episode about certain characters from CSI, CSI New York or CSI Vegas or Crime Scene Investigation will totally do it. Surprisingly, Nate Haskell hasn't been, although he is really a great part of the Ray storyline, he wasn't around for a lot of episodes. He only showed up for about nine episodes since his first appearance in season nine yeah so he showed up in the first episode which is Grissom's goodbye episode he gets introduced with Ray as well we already know that this relationship that gets established between them is one that uh, a bit unhealthy it's very unhealthy and very abusive word because we're talking about Nate Haskell here. Nate Haskell is a serial killer. It's established. He's established as a serial killer. That he is rich out by Ray to answer questions by his students in the seminar. If he gets the questions, he answers them. First of all. Why is he being allowed to talk to students? And second of all, the women that were in the class, actually, they are told to cover up because they would fit the criteria that they had to kill his victims. 
as we would find out later, Nate would he'll kill any woman and actually he had his bride and they was not even his name he he stole that name as well and somehow the csis have to call in ray to help them in a case involving the haskell ray talks to the haskell face to face he goes to prison he goes and talks to nate and actually he tries to get the location of bodies the CSI need. But Nate is bluffing with him. In the very first encounter, the stakes are set. I had said previously that the writers were kind of trying to repeat what they had done with Natalie Davis and Grissom. But the thing is, we didn't even know who Natalie Davis was until the very last episode. Not even Which, that. Basically, the last half of the episode. Yeah, but we knew who Nate Haskell was. From the very but, beginning. Exactly. But we didn't know how evil he could get. And this guy had only showed up for nine episodes, but he had this presence. He haunted Ray specifically since season nine. He haunted him season nine ray was his ultimate target ray did not fit his victim criteria but ray was intended to be his final victim and blaming gloria gloria as a ray first wives it was, it was played not... by tracy ellis ross the daughter of diana ross it was not intended to be gloria it was not intended to be any of the brides it was intended to be ray all the time we know that nade was getting to ray when he tried to make the evidence say what he wanted to say to tie it back to Nate Haskell. Yes, Haskell's quote. Don't you guys ever read? They needed a Haskell to help them win that case because they found out when they were searching the evidence, they saw a picture and they saw Nate Haskell in the picture and they were like, come on, this guy knows who, who, who our killer is. So they have to bring Nate Haskell in. And they have to question him about it. And after... Event. Stab, 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 stab. Ray gets stabbed with Nate's glasses. Yeah. And he loses a kidney. Mm -hmm. Humans have two. We can survive with one, but... And beginning of the next season, Ray gets a letter in the mail with a kidney bean. Yeah, that was from his dad. And him and Sarah connect that way. Because they both had serial killers obsessed with them. Yeah, but yeah, they could bond over another thing, but I don't think they were ever too close to talk about it. Um, Sarah was afraid that he, she had the murder gene. Ray was afraid that he possessed the murder gene as well. There was an episode that Ray had to testify at Nay Haskell trial, and Nay Haskell kind of decide like fires his lawyer and decides to become his own lawyer which which make the whole process of saying go slower than they were supposed to you know he was buying himself more time to execute his plan in the end because his brides were making a plan to get him off jail and he brings in the doctor a neurologist with a scan of his brain saying that he then he has did had a murder gene 
And in fact, he was doing all the scaling, but it was not his fault because he was born with it. Maybe he's born with it. Maybe, maybe Link. Then Ray takes the stairs and he tells the whole court, including, I think, Catherine. And it's on the court as well, listening that he has had as well, the murder gene. Because his father had it too, and his father would beat the crap out of his mother. I mean, trigger warning or trigger. And also, spoiler alert, because he tells Brass about it on the very last episode of season 11, that his mother was being bitten up by her father, by his father, constantly. And he had to, and then he tells Doc that he had to remind himself to be good all the time. He tells the court that he had the murder gene as well. That's why he didn't want to tell a baby with Gloria because he was afraid that he would pass down that gene. But as Grissom would tell Sarah, Genes are the predictor of violent behavior. Yeah, I've never heard of it. I did a study on it. I think it's mostly a nature versus nurture. It's who you decide to be in the end. As I also like the environment in which you grow up in, and it obviously impacts who you are, but also who you decide to be in the end and Ray decided to be good but Nate Haskell grew up in a completely violent environment and he could have been a good person but he decided to be a killer it's it's exactly what Nate Haskell tells Ray at the end they mirror each other they are exactly the same person but just so it happens that Ray decided to be a good person and save people and Nate Haskell or one of all, he became a serial killer and he hurt people. And, well, they had spoke, he managed to escape prison and because his bride orchestrated the plan and Ray is really anxious at this point and he wants everyone looking for Haskell and Catherine's like yeah okay we'll be looking for him but like other people are dying and we need to solve these cases as well you know I think Catherine cut a lot of slack for Ray at this point she knew what was happening but she cut him a lot of slack she did that for everybody yeah I know, but she led him. I, I was watching episode uh, 20, 20, 20 of season 11 today. And when Ray is like, I'm going to go there, Catherine. Don't try to stop me. And Catherine, and if I was his boss, I'd be like, you bet. Yeah. Who do you think you're talking to? I'm your boss. It was Brass that got Catherine to suspend him. Well, anyway, so... And the father of the bride, the 20, I've seen them, you know, or episode 21, I'm not sure. Him and Nick, they are called to the platform because the body parts were found in a form and he leaves Nick all by himself in the, in the form because he gets called back to the station because the family of one of the brides got a video 
of Nate Haskell telling them that he needed money and the bride was being tortured in the video. And honestly, and, they should have talked to Ray about Holly Grips. Yeah. I mean, there there was a police officer there, but the liquor corner behind. But the whole episode, this episode is really, it, it's, it's really heavy. This last three episodes of season 11, because we found out the father of the bride of Nay Haskell, like one of the brides that is being tortured. We find out that her actual father was sexually assaulting her. And then she has a nerve to tell Catherine, oh, do you think it's odd that I gave birth to the true bride of my husband? And Catherine just looks at her like completely shocked. Mm -hmm. They ended up having to go, Nick and Greg, they have to go back to the farm to go look for more body parts. And eventually... They find more than they bargained for because they find the other body parts, including the bar the bride that was being held hostage. And in the when they were going inside the the form, the Torx family form, there is a cello song being played as a back song, and it's actually foreshadowing because. In the next, in the end of the episode, we would see Gloria playing the cello and Nay Haskell is in the audience with his only bride now. And also, Nay Haskell changed his appearance, his appearance. And everything that happened, they would learn that it happened eight weeks prior. So I'm just going to put in here Ray's explanation of everything. That happened. Eight weeks ago, Haskell escaped from custody with Vivian's help. Then he went to Dr. Cole's for plastic surgery. Then he and <gasps> Tina started making movies of Vivian in the old house to send to Daddy. Nate was careful to stay in the background and want us to know that he changed his face. Then he sent the two brides to kill the doctor and the nurse. They removed his chart, but not before they kidnapped the patient on the table, took his car, his clothes, and the two bodies, brought them back to the house where they murdered him. And that's when Bride turned on Bride. And Tina murdered Vivian. Now Tina starts to chop up the bodies, purses the body parts sloppily, scattering them not unlike her scattered mind. Two days later, Tina shows up in a park to keep an eye on Mr. Tinsdale, and she disappears. So, in Cello and Goodbye, Catherine calls Ray in the middle of the night because I think she was working doubles, and Catherine sent him home. Triples. And, yeah, he was working triples at this point, and Catherine sent him home, but then he is looking up by Catherine. And says that, oh, we found a crime scene just like Haskell's and it's in L.A. It's in L.A. that actually we first meet Morgan. Morgan, she is Eckley's daughter. And it takes a while for Sarah and Captain to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they don't actually recognize her <laughs> so much later. And then Kevin's like, hey, 
Chewackley's daughter. Which uh, but I think it might make sense if Sarah does not recognize Morgan. Yeah, because I, don't I think Morgan probably moved with her mom when she was about five, and Morgan has to be in her early twenties at this point in time. And this was only season eleven. Maybe Morgan would only go to like Vegas to spend her vacation, and she would only go to. She didn't Disney. have no. She had no contact with Eckley. Remember, from they they yeah, but but how would how would Sarah recognize her? Sarah didn't recognize her. Catherine did. Catherine did. So if Catherine did, and Catherine's been at the lab a lot longer. Yeah, Catherine's been in the lab a lot longer. Maybe she was there with Christmas. I mean, that would probably put maybe Lindsay and and Morgan are like the same age. Probably. So, Lindsay was still in high school in season 11. Maybe. In 11, she was, you know, graduating, finding college and such. That makes uh, Morgan a couple years older because Morgan's already graduated. She's probably, yeah, she'll probably be like 10 years older. So, it makes sense that Catherine will recognize Morgan because probably they would bring Morgan over to the lab a couple times, maybe. Before the divorce. They have to go to L.A. and Catherine goes with Ray and then Sarah and Nick follow suit. And then the elderly, like, we're not going to share the crime scene with you guys. And then Morgan's like, yes, we are. And then she leaves the building and she goes to Nick and she's like, are you Nick Stokes? And Nick is like, yeah. Okay, next talks at lvpd.com. And he's like, yeah. Check her email. And <laughs> she comes back to the scene. Oh, that's really nice, actually. I think Morgan <laughs> got her attitude from her mother, even though we never met her mother. Yeah, probably, yeah. Because Eckley would never, Eckley would never do that. Eckley <laughs> would totally never do that. Eckley was territorial for a while. Yeah. While Sarah is following the rules, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah is following the rules. Sarah, as soon as you can, what did it change? What is Nick is going wrong with Ray? Nick is going wrong with Ray. I mean, Ray wants to follow Nay Haskell. Nick is going after Nay Haskell with Ray. I mean, he's right there. So Nick follows Ray to the hotel and he's like, Will you go after Haskell? I'm going with you. Let's go. Let's do this, dude. And then they go. the fork to Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he was having like flashbacks. I think Nick was like, If I had followed Warwick, if I had followed Warwick, if I hadn't left Warwick alone, he would have probably still be alive. So I'm not letting, I'm not letting Ray go into this alone i'm going with him both of them they actually ended up going in pursuit of Haskell in this very kids playground and the the shots are fired and the police go after nick and nick just puts his hands behind his head and he's like i'm not going down just Rich behind my pocket, and you see my ID. I'm a CSI, and that then, makes Catherine and Eckley 
pissed. Catherine is really angry with Nick. That's an understatement. That's another statement. And Sarah, Sarah, it's reaching her limit with Nick at that point. You know, she's reaching her limit with Nick. I don't know how my girl did not reach her limit with Nick and forget me not because I would have. She's reaching her limit with Nick and and Ray is so close to catching Nate. And Nate is like, she's still alive, Ray. Gloria, Gloria is still alive. But Gloria, at some point, somehow, Nate Haskell was able to grab Gloria bring her to Vegas, and then come back to L.A. Movie magic. How did he do it? Did he drive? Did he take a plane, a helicopter, something, boat, jet ski, motorcycle, bike, whatever. He flew. Something happened, but he brought Gloria to it. I don't know if there's a plot hole or not, because Gloria was... uh, in, in LA and at this point it was like less than 48 hours so how did he actually that's a great point how did he bring Gloria to Las Vegas and then came back to LA all within 24 hours but also how was he able to torture her at the same time yeah just just to drive alone with little traffic 5,003 minutes so, and you are standards that is close. Like, and also, like, the form is, like, a, a really away from the city. And the she, he would have to keep Gloria down. So he would have to subdue her and then wake her up and then do whatever he did and then come back to LA. He'll probably have to go to the airport somehow not get recognized by the police in the airport because we know his face was everywhere or his description at least was everywhere go back to LA do like this kind of mouse thing with Ray and then come back to Las Vegas anyways he comes back to Vegas now it's literally the in that dark dark house it's one of the darkest episodes of CSI in my opinion, it's literally one of the darkest episodes of CSI. I mean, season 11 was a dark season. Season 11 was a dark season. In the Dark Dark House was one of the darkest episodes. I, I think this episode it's in itself is just so... Well, anyways, it's in episode 20 in, in The Father of the Bride. One of the final... Right of Pascal. She tells Catherine, tell Ray that he will never coordinate unless he wills it. And that's exactly what happened. Ray was nowhere near finding Nay Haskell until Nay Haskell wanted Ray to find him. That's it. Literally what happened. And then Somehow, we're going to break this down better next week. But somehow, they found out that Nate is, say, at the talk at the talk, at the talk family house, family form. Instead of going there with backups, with backup, Ray decides to go by himself. 
instead oh. of calling Brasa up or calling Nick and be like, look, I found out where Nick Haskell is when they come with me to give me a backup. He's going by himself. Okay. Where did he learn that from? Outside right now, he learned that from Grissom. They literally shared like a few minutes of screen, but I know that he learned that from Grissom to face serial killers by themselves. Anyway, he goes up the stairs and that's, and then he found Gloria and he found Nate. And at first, we don't really know what happened. We don't really know what happened because it gets cut. But then Brad shows up and he finds Nate Haskell dead on the scene. And I mean, it's a prison, couldn't, it's a maximum security prison, couldn't hold Nate Haskell back. Do you really think that another prison would hold him back? Of course not. It, it, it was a fight to the death. One of, one of two things would happen in this case. Either Ray would kill him or Nate Haskell would kill him and then kill Gloria. And once Sarah and Greg, they show up to process the house, Sarah thinks that something's off. Sarah's like, okay, something's off. I mean, for Nate Haskell to, to fall because they're Yeah. And there is no, there is no shoe prints. There is no shoe prints of Nate Haskell on the floor. That means that Ray had to have held him up. And Greg was like, they fought. And then uh, Ray was, uh, was on top of him. Just because you're on top of somebody doesn't mean you're dominating them. Yeah, okay, you're probably right about that, Greg. But still, something was off. I'm not saying that the evidence is not backing him up. I'm just saying it looks... It's, it's some, yeah, it looks fishy and something something is off. They, in the end, they found out that Nay Haskell did die in that house. And as Sarah puts it, a serial killer was born in that room because they found out that Nay Haskell was not the only victim in that house. And Gloria was not, like, Gloria and Nay Haskell were not the only victims in that house. They found all the blood, and my boy Nick was determined to get Ray off the hook. So he's like, I'm going to turn this house apart. I'm just going to break this down, break this house apart, cover every inch of this house to get Ray off the hook. It goes to the garden. Boy, does he find what he was looking for. And it's probably more than he was bargaining. Because he finds trigger warning. He finds animal remains. And then he found, they found. Right, because even Eckley gets in the middle of it. Because Eckley wants to make sure everything's done right, because he knows this team is so tight knit. The only one who does not actively try to get Ray off the hook is Sarah, because she knows something's off. She feels it. She knows something. It's really off. They found a lot of remains, a lot of human remains in the backyard when she restocked Robin's 
report on how Nate Hasko died sees that there are some stray marks on his wrist, but neither Sarah or Greg were able to find any plastic restraints on the scene. So where are the restraints? Where are they? Sarah goes into Bray's case, finds the stir strings there, and then at the very end of the episode, there's a flashback to Brass putting new restraints inside Bray's case. Yeah. Uh, Brass cover up for... for Do you think he's feeling guilt because he never really tried to cover up a work? Yeah. I, you know what? I think... I, I think from the very beginning, I don't think Brad's ever, you know, really, really felt something for work. No, I don't think he really. Well, we saw some work being suspended, basically. Yeah. Well, I don't think. started and ended being on suspension. Yeah. I don't think Brad was very open-hearted about work and then he felt regret and then he found Ray who he really liked and who was his friend on the very same situation more or less that Warwick found himself in but now he could do something about it and he was like I'm gonna do it then Kathleen questioned him about it and and was like, oh, you still know how to pack a kid, right? I think, I mean, Brass was probably the the leader of the CSIs for still years before Grissom took over. But he's Brass been... Motion. Yeah, but he's been working with these guys for a very little time to know how to pack a kid. So he tells Catherine, if you have something to ask, you've got about five seconds to do it. But Sarah, Sarah and now I think Sarah and Catherine, both of them, they would, they probably were questioning if Ray did the right thing. Because, I mean, like, Greg even poses a question, if it was me, would you look at my kid? And Sarah's like, yes, I would. Because Sarah was in the other end of the situations. I think everyone forgot on that day when they were trying to take Ray off the hook. They all forgot that Sarah was in the situation as well. She was in the situation. Although she was trying to survive, she actually fought against Natalie Davis. She fought against Natalie Davis. And probably the only people that know that she fought against Natalie Davis were Grissom and Brass that took her statement. And and also Grissom because, well, that's a partner. Yeah. She probably told Grissom everything that happened in more detail than she told Brass. At least I like to think she did. I mean, after a while, she she probably would have, you know, she would have told him everything that went down. I think everyone forgot that she was in the other end. She also faced off a serial killer. And they were now questioning why was she doing that? Why was she so and against? She always had a high sense of justice. Especially after what happened with Natalie Davis. And then, oh, we have to take Ray off the hook. Everything we can infer to make him innocent. Let's do this. And then Sarah's like, yeah, but the evidence is, it's not. Adding up. 
evidence is not adding up to it. When Nate Haskell, she really, you know, she really stood up to what Grissom said. The person on the table might be the worst person ever. They might be a serial killer, but we have to find out what happened to them mm-hmm. and bring their killer to justice. In this case, Ray was the one that killed Nate Haskell. Probably Ray would have not been, if this had gone to trial. I don't think Ray would have been guilty. I don't think he, the court would would have considered him guilty because I think the CSIs would probably go to the court and be like, okay, here's what Nate Hasko did. Everything that he did and Ray acted in self-defense, but he did kill him in. The court would actually find him innocent. I think the court would find him innocent. The evidence would speak for itself. Yeah, I mean, except for the restraints. That but they, they never a... found what how that happened. Yeah, but I think over drinks a few years later, after retirement, Brass opened up. Ruben Brass was spilled the tea and tell Sarah, oh, remember they asked and Sarah but like, yeah, what about him? Remember the restraints? And Sarah was like, yeah. I was the one that took him. You're not mad about it, right? She'll be like, Jim, what's up with his middle name Brass? No, James, middle name Brass. What? What? Because we don't know Brass's middle name, but we know his first name is actually James. He just goes by Jim. I think probably during that dinner, Grissom will have to hold Sarah down and be like, so you let me write that report of life's findings? No, Grissom no, would be like, I'm not getting the middle. I know my wife. I'm not. I'm going to let you do it for, for, for once. Yeah. And Grissom would be like, come yeah. on, man. He's like, nope. And you know, Sarah was like, yeah, no, he was a serial killer. I know that and all that. I mean, it, it would be. I, you made me lie on a legal document. And then they wonder how their lab gets breaking into. They can't find the first train. Well, anyways. So next week, next week, we're going to do something. Fun. Totally different. We've never done that before. So we're going to cover the three final episodes of season 11 because to wrap up the Nay Haskell case, the writers, they decided to do a three-parter. And since we're doing an episode of Ray Langston and Nay Haskell, we decided to still be on this wave and we're going to cover the three episodes. And one thing we do need to mention about Ray is that after all this happened, he follows Gloria to Florida. Yeah, he follows Gloria to Florida and then Lawrence Fishburne, he leaves the show. And he, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne, he comes back to movies. I mean, most recently, he was in an episode of What If. So... If you guys wonder where he was at this day, I mean, he's seen them movies, you know, he's doing movies, he, he was an Ant-Man, you know, he invented lost 
or just Ant-Man. I'm not sure. But most recently, I saw him in What If in one of the episodes, I think. So, I think it's in the Peter Quill episode, if I'm not mistaken, if you guys are into Marvel. So, I... This is it for this week's episode of the Same Play Talk, guys. We love you guys so, so much. Please drink your water and be safe. Love y'all. Love Bye. You. See you next week. Bye. Bye.